0: Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today. We're going to begin with the first reading from today's Mass, which is taken from the Book of Wisdom, Chapter 13. Naturally stupid are all men who have not known God, and who, from the good things that are seen, have not been able to discover Him who is, or by studying the works, have failed to recognize the artificer. Fire, however, or wind, or the swift air, the sphere of the stars, impetuous water, heaven's lamps, are what they have held to be the gods who govern the world. If, charmed by their beauty, they have taken things for gods, let them know how much the lord of these excels them, since the very author of beauty has created them. And if they have been impressed by their power and energy, let them deduce from these How much mightier is he that has formed them, since through the grandeur and beauty of the creatures we may by analogy contemplate their author. Small blame, however, attaches to these men, for perhaps they only go astray in their search for God and their eagerness to find him. Living among his works, they strive to comprehend them and fall victim to appearances, seeing so much beauty." Even so, they are not to be excused. If they are capable of acquiring enough knowledge to be able to investigate the world, how have they been so slow to find its master? Now, if you want a line to wind up your atheist friends, which you shouldn't, but if you wanted such a line, the first line of today's first reading would be a pretty good one. Naturally stupid are all men who have not known God, and who from the good things that are seen have not been able to discover him who is, or by studying the works have failed to recognize the artificer. But if we move beyond at least my occasionally antagonistic streak, we find in today's reading a prompt to a rich vein of philosophical thought, and one that is also theological and can help us pray better and more often. Now, I don't quote him very often directly, but he influences my thought immensely. And so today we're going to delve into Aquinas. Now, his Summa Theologiae has three main parts. The first part deals with the presence of God in creation. The second part deals with the presence of God by grace in the souls of the just. And the third part deals with the presence of God in Christ and in his mystical body, the church. And the whole Summa really can be seen as an extended meditation on the presence of God. But as Aquinas recognizes before you can meditate on the presence, you have to acknowledge the presence. And so early on, he tackles the question head on with his famous five ways or five proofs for the existence of God. And in what follows, I rely a lot upon uh, a, a brilliant series of videos uh, made made my, my brother Dominicans of the Eastern uh, Province, uh, the, the province of St. Joseph in the USA. Um, and they have a fantastic uh, website, Aquinas 101, the whole series of videos which takes you through the, the summer. So let's first ask how human beings can know the existence of God at all. Well, one way to know God's existence is by taking it on faith from what the Bible says but st thomas is well aware that the bible itself tells us there's another way to know the existence of god in romans chapter 1 verse 20 st paul tells us that the existence of god is known to everyone at least in a general and confused sort of way from the beauty and goodness of the natural world and this passage is itself a quick summary of the longer passage from wisdom chapter 13 which is our first reading today the two passages tell us to expect to find human beings who have never even read the Bible, never met Jesus Christ, but know that God exists just from their experience and rational reflection upon the natural world. And when Aquinas turned to the writings of ancient pagan philosophers, he found exactly that. He found people who had never read the Bible, but had given serious arguments for the existence of God. And so the writings of ancient pagan philosophers confirmed the biblical teaching that it is possible for human beings to know the existence of God without ever having read the Bible. And for both of these reasons, Aquinas taught that human beings have a natural knowledge of God. Or to put it another way, that we can know the existence of God by using our natural reason or human intelligence. And that's the kind of knowledge we're exploring today, our natural knowledge of God, not the sort of more certain sort of knowledge that we get from revelation. That is that we get from Jesus Christ and the witnesses to his life passed down to us. Now, we should be clear that St. Thomas doesn't say that our natural knowledge of God is always explicitly clear or easy to come by. He doesn't even say that the existence of God was undeniable. Rather, he thought that the natural knowledge of God sort of f- would fall on a certain spectrum of cognitive development. Everyone, he says, has a com- common, confused knowledge of God's existence. But like any other form of knowledge, this common and confused knowledge of God is open to development for those with the time, the interest, and the intellectual gifts for developing it. And Thomas had the time, the interest, and the gifts, and develop it, he did. Thomas also realized that it was hard, though, to develop our natural knowledge of God, and many factors can stand in the way. Depending upon cultural circumstances, people would develop it more or less, but generally not to its fullest perfection. But, he says, a few people, after a long time, and still with some errors mixed in, will develop their natural knowledge of God to such an extent that they can offer philosophically rigorous proofs for the existence of God and then answer all objections to those proofs. And this he sets about doing in the famous passage on the five ways. He rationalizes and makes philosophically rigorous what many simply intuit. And I remember when I read the five ways for the, the first time myself, I read them in a collection of books, the great books of the, of the Western world. And I think I must have been about 19 or, or, or 20. I didn't study uh, philosophy at school, and um, so I didn't come across the five five ways. I didn't actually even do theology at A level, um, and uh, confession time. I got my worst mark in my GCSEs in religious studies, but here I am nonetheless, a, a priest now. Um, but uh, I remember when I first uh, read these, and I've still got the annotation in pencil in the in the margin of the book next to it. I said, "Why have I never come across this before?" And I had the reaction that I had because Aquinas made so clear and precise what I think I had intuited and had a certain unthought-through sense of before. So how exactly do we know the existence of God? Well, the basic principle behind each of the five ways is that we know the existence of God from our experience of the world of nature, and looking for an ultimate explanation of it, we can use the same kind of reasoning that we use when we know the existence of any invisible cause from its visible effects. And we do that quite a lot. For example, if I'm driving down the road and I see a billowing cloud of smoke coming up from the horizon, I can infer that there must be a fire, even if I do not see the fire because it's blocked from my view. Fire might be invisible, but the smoke that produces it is not. And I know the existence of the invisible cause from the visible effect. Or similarly, if I wake up one morning with a sore throat, I infer that I have some kind of infection or virus. I don't see the infection or the virus, the cause of the sore throat is invisible, but I know that it's there by reasoning from the experience of the symptoms. I don't simply think, oh, I have a sore throat today. I wonder what the reason is that I have a sore throat. Even in a pre-scientific age, people would do this. We do not think things simply happen. We believe that they have causes, even though these causes are sometimes unseen. So it is with our knowledge of God. In what we see or experience around us in the natural world, God is invisible. We don't see him. But from what we do see in our experience of the natural world, we can infer that something must be behind it all something is responsible for the greatness the beauty the order of the world and aquinas thought that this inference from the order of the world to the existence of something responsible for the order was so fundamental that nearly all human beings reason this way but he also realized that this inference argument was something like a seed he thought the seed can develop and grow through study and application of the mind to the many philosophical issues involved in making the inference but it was also possible that the seed could be crushed by attachment to sin by willful denial by the prevalence of false philosophies or other adverse conditions that ruin it so we're not committed to saying that agnosticism and atheism are impossible They might even become prevalent in certain societies. Perhaps we can see that happening in our own. But what we are committed if we follow Aquinas and the church is to saying that natural theology is possible for human beings and that it is possible through natural theology to come to certain knowledge of God. And St. Thomas Aquinas is an example of someone who developed this natural knowledge of God to an extremely high degree. What he did was take the general argument from the order of nature and think it through along much more specific lines to spell this out. I'm just going to give you uh, one example, the, uh, the, the, first, the first way. Um, but if this has interested you and you're somebody who likes thinking along these lines, as I said, go to the Aquinas 101 videos and you will get a lot more of this. So in the first way of the five ways, we start with our experience of order or motion or the change of things around us in nature. And careful study of motion and change leads us to conclude that there must be a first mover or unmoved mover or an ultimate source of changing things. We have this intuition that nothing changes Without there being a changer, and we recognise that there has to be a being who starts off the initial movement, that we cannot have an infinite regress, and so this is the the first way, um, what is known as the the argument by reference to to movement or change, and so it seems appropriate to finish today um, with the hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise.